Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. I always started off like that. I was like, ah, oh, man. <laughs> Every recording, when I go back and listen to it. Here we go. Yeah, and the edit, it's just like, what was I so overcome with? Like, <laughs> the hardest part of my day begins now. Oh, man. There's <laughs> actually, this will be the first weekend in a long time where this is the only work that I did on the weekend. Really? I relaxed so fucking hard this weekend. It was wonderful. Yeah, I worked all weekend. Yeah. So you do deserve a break. Let's get you out of here and get you to Westworld. Welcome to episode 342 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Levin. And I'm Marshall Bach. Welcome back for another episode. Brian, uh, I keep predicting like, hey, I like these short episodes and did that last episode and ended up being like a 45 minute episode. So maybe I should predict that we're going to do short episodes. Yeah, I, I'm, I think just don't say it because it jinxes it. Like as yeah, soon yeah. as we say that, it's going to be long. Let's do an episode. <laughs> yeah, in that spirit, let's get right to it. We have some new supporters this week, y'all. Okay, hang on. Everyone has picked up on something. Oh, no. Basically, everyone this week uh, that joined our Patreon did it at a dollar and 28 cents. Amazing. Which is so lovely. I love it. Except one of you, uh, Hal Le, or Hal Lee, Hal Le, I think, did a dollar 29 cents. Uh, just a mess with me, I'm, I'm assuming. That's like, it's like a grain of sand stuck <laughs> in your shoe. It's like, ugh. I hate sand. A dollar 29. Uh, and then we also had Sahil Chattervedi bumped up from a dollar to a dollar sixty nine. All right, all right, we're adults all right. here. I, I understood. <laughs> I see what you did, but uh, but thank you everyone for the dollar twenty eight on the eight point grid. We appreciate it. All right, huge shout out to Getaminas Solace, Joshua Overby, Catherine Gee, Andrew Chianci, Paula, Nathan Dorney, Luigi Celli. And Asmi Hanifa, y'all are lovely and wonderful. Thank you very much for supporting the show. Thank you. If you didn't know, we're a listener-supported podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash design details and support us for just a buck a month. You get access to listener-only episodes, a.k.a. bonus land, bonus land, bonus land, and uh, sponsor-free shows. So patreon.com slash design details. Okay, follow-up time. Marshall, we got a lot of people that sent us a very specific link this last week. And it is ipadmenu.study. Did you yes, check this out? I did. What do you think? The, okay, well, we should break down what, what this is thing it? is first. Yeah, yeah. so uh, the uh, subtitle here is A Concept to Improve Usability and Bring More Professional Apps to iPad. Okay. So first off, this feels like an Apple website. It almost feels like Apple could have made this. Not exactly, but like the, the vibe is right. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of really good thinking here. It's And it's fucking polished as hell, Brian. So what does it mean, the menu? Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I should describe what the fuck this thing is. Yeah, so, what is main menu? So in the same way, on your Mac, you have the, the menu bar up top where you have the name of the app and then file, edit, view, all that good stuff. Uh, this is that for the iPad. Ooh. So in your dock on the far left, you have the app icon for the current app kind of shrunken down inside of another app icon that's why brian yo dog i heard you like app icons <laughs> with a little command uh symbol in the top left kind of like a badge but in the top left are we using the top left for anything is that where the closed one goes anyways and it pops up a menu a popover that would look very familiar to anybody who uh, has used an ipad before but 
instead of the horizontal file edit view thing, you kind of have a vertical version of that, but it's breadcrumbed and kind of a two-pane situation. It handles multiple windows, you know, sharing the screen at the same time, including the uh, flyover one or whatever the hell mm-hmm. it's called. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Flyover? Slideover. Slideover something. You can have three apps going at any given time on an iPad, like in one space. And this accounts for that crazy use case. It feels pretty. I mean, the the icons are a little squirrely for my taste, but that's about the only non-native feeling choices that are made here. There's some like typography stuff, but like for the most part, like this looks like it could have been produced by Apple, which is really cool. That's impressive. And it seems really useful, especially as we're getting into cursor land and like iPad is becoming more of a daily driver for a lot of people, like having a lot of the functionality that is in the menu bar on a Mac, which contains a lot of useful stuff, being able to expose that in some sort of meaningful way on an iPad seems useful. So that's cool. Yeah. The question is, do iPads need to be computers? What do you mean? Well, the whole point of this is to kind of blur the line between an iPad and a computer. We got trackpads and and, and <sighs> keyboards and yeah. all this different stuff on an iPad. Like I, I think for like professional software, I mean, it says for more professional software, like if you get into photo editing, video editing, audio editing, like any tools like that, you just need a ton of UI for all the different kinds of controls. And mm-hmm. I think up until today, it's all just been dumbed down or been obfuscated behind hidden gestures. So if you could actually lift up the powerful features behind a common place, this menu, that seems to make sense. And I don't know, it seems like that trend is not going to stop. Like mm-hmm. Apple's pushing this forward. Uh, a, an iPad could be a daily driver computer. So might as well start thinking about how that would actually feel in practice, right? Yeah, I, I think the strongest argument for this is is the one of collecting everything in one place, right? Like you said, instead of having kind of esoteric hidden gestures, which is kind of what the iPad is good at, you know, like the reason the iPad is the way it is is because that's what the iPad is good at, right? Like that's that's what its form best evokes in the user, right? Sure. But again, I, I agree. Having all of this stuff in one place that makes it a lot more easy to to get at for the average user or for the pro user, I think that's that's a good idea. The kind of the question I have is like, do I really want to be menu hunting all the time? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure, you're exposing everything, but like the way to get into all of these functions is kind of cumbersome just inherently, right? I got to swipe up to get the dock. Not too far, because if I go too far, now I'm going to either go, go to the home screen or I'm going to go into the app switcher. Well, that is just a busted gesture, yeah. But like, okay, I'll bring the dock up. Okay, tap on the thing. Now it brings up the menu, tap on the thing I want. I'm like five taps by the time I get to the thing I wanted, where if, if it had a hidden gesture, I could just learn that hidden gesture and do that thing. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not shitting on it. Like, I, I, like This is really well done, and I think it probably would be a great addition. It, uh, yes and, but I'm not sure that, like the shininess of it. That, you know, When I first saw it, I was like, ooh, amazing. This is a really good idea and really good thinking. In, in practice, I'm not sure it would be as amazing as it, as it seems initially, but like, I, I would be totally happy if this existed on my iPad. I'm not sure how yeah, often yeah. I would use it, but I'd be happy it's there when I did need it. You know? Well, I think it does account for the hiddenness or like multi-taps to get to it with the dock, and it does propose a three-tap gesture. So if you tap with three fingers, oh yeah, that's right. The app that you've tapped on will open the menu. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Anyways, for people who are interested, it's iPadMenu.study. It's a nice link. Go check it out. 
It's really good. I mean, like the yeah. all the animations and everything, and I'm impressed. All right. We had a little bit of follow-up. We heard from Jacob Lindstrom on Twitter. Jacob says, great episode again about our counterintuitive uh, UX design last week. He says, point nine is interesting, and I can really recommend cross-cultural design from a book apart to dive a little deeper into the subject. Yeah, what was number nine? Number nine was the uh, gestures and colors and things don't necessarily mean the same thing in other countries or other cultures. Colors and iconography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Cross-cultural design from a book apart. We also heard from Pavel Sisiak on Twitter. Says, thanks so much for answering two of my questions. Uh, the meta and counterintuitive episodes. Well, thank you, Pavel, for asking them because they end up being very constructive episodes. Yeah, this is what you should learn here is ask good questions. Ask good questions and we will hopefully provide good answers. Go. We will do our best. All right, we got some tweets today. Uh, the first one comes from friend of the pod uh, and fam of the pod, Michael Kneprath. Long time fam of the pod. Long time. Yeah. He says... After the Figma versioning episode, I just really want to see a couple of y'all's files. Can any be shared so we can see the structure of the things you discussed? Man, uh, yeah, I, I, I would be happy to share my files. Unfortunately, they're all confidential and I can't do that. Uh-huh. Um, I have some personal stuff I guess I could share on Figma. Ooh, I don't know Ooh, if I want to do it. Marshall, do it. Do it. I mean, you, you've shared a sketch file in the past. Yeah, I have. And I think the Figma file I'm thinking of is one that was imported from Sketch, so I don't think it's all that good. It was it was a very mm. early thing. But most of the work I do is for work. <laughs> like Yeah, uh, same here. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, everything that I work on is kind of hot garbage or it's like always in a state of work in progress. I would never feel comfortable mm-hmm. <laughs> sharing anything publicly. Like share with a teammate where I could like talk it through and be like, hey, this is the one part that's confusing mm-hmm. or this is the whole part that's confusing. It could be cool to make a little like template file though, right? Like I think that's what he's asking for is like show us uh, show us how you do it. Maybe I, maybe I could do that. I think it's the in practice part that's the most interesting. Like anybody could spin up a template, but it's seeing how it actually ends up working for a complex app is the hard part. All right, fine. I was going to give you all a template, but Brian talked me out of it. So now you get nothing. Now you get the entire YouTube app. <laughs> YouTube.fig. I'm going to get fired. Don't, don't say that shit. Yeah. All right. We also heard on Twitter from Eric Chen, who said, I heard episode 264's bye in the outro asking to tweet, and here I am, hashtag am I late? Episode 264. What are you doing back there, time traveler? (laughs) What are you you doing back there? (laughs) 264. Hang on. That was... Here's how long ago that was, Brian. We we were still naming our episodes with with fun little uh, random inside jokes from the body of the episode as the title. Yeah. That's how long ago that was. That was episode of Admittance, if that tells you anything about the wonderful content of that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this is why we stopped doing that is because you can't tell what the fuck the episode is about. Oven mittens, yeah. I have no memory of what that was. But you're able to tweet from the past into the present and you're not late. A designer is never late. They arrive exactly when they intend to, Brian. Uh, if only that were true. All right, Marshall, should we get into our main topic? Yes. All right, so this week, Marshall, I wanted to talk about, I'm not sure where we can go with this, but uh, I do know where I want to end with. Okay. This. Okay, so for whatever reason, I just started going through my Dropbox files, and I found, like, traversing through the directories, my earliest web design work from 2007, like, when I 
first got Photoshop and was like, I'm going to make a website. Uh-huh. And holy shit, it is really bad. Like, <laughs> really bad. And so anyways, I thought it was funny. So I, I just tweeted the screenshots. And uh, just looking at them, like, no fundamentals, no <laughs> no knowledge, like, just centered text everywhere like <laughs> meta information that makes no sense like uh, i had i designed a blog template where blog name was just like enormous <laughs> like size 64 yeah <laughs> text uh just horrible but anyways it got me thinking about you know it's fun to dig up these artifacts and just kind of try and spot like what was i thinking then was there anything there that like Maybe I was on the right path, but I didn't know how to articulate a particular vision. In this case, each of the screenshots I shared were all pretty bad. Um, But anyways, I wanted to ask you about just like, have you gone back and looked at some of your oldest work and how does it make you feel to see it? Um, I guess, you know, you probably have some old portfolio stuff, but even what's on Dribbble, do do you want to take it offline? Does it does it make you feel uncomfortable or is it is it nice to see this old bad stuff? Oh, yeah. Uh, good question. It's a mix of a lot of emotions, Brian. Uh, okay, so I, I don't have a ton of old stuff, but I do have my Dribbble account. So, mm-hmm. so I started a Dribbble account when I wanted to become a designer and I eventually got one. It was a long time before I actually got in, but I posted stuff, and then eventually I got hired at Google, and I've been busy working on work ever since and haven't really posted anything to Dribbble, but I've kept it. I didn't delete anything. I've kept it as kind of a time capsule of embarrassment to look back upon whenever my ego gets too big. And boy, oh boy. Actually, you know, so it's not good, but as we were looking back, and I looked at how long ago it was, I was impressed at how many things I had kind of already figured out as far as like, hmm. you know, the the rules, kind of the design principles that we talk about a lot. Like I'd figured that stuff out relatively early, mostly because I was standing on giant shoulders, but uh-huh. it, I don't see the same fundamental misunderstanding of how design works that I see when I look at your work, Brian. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so I guess maybe we should preface this by saying this is a visual episode of Design Details. Chances are you're not in your car. You're not on a commute right now. Well, if you're listening to this uh, contemporaneously, maybe if you're in the future, you're listening to this in the car. But we have visual aids that will help you understand uh, the pain that we are describing. So we'll, we'll we'll make sure that Brian puts in the in the show notes a link to both his work that he referred to in this tweet and my durable profile, and you can oh, so you can bad. you can stroll through the through the terrible design. Well, let's let's dig into some of yours. Um, Mine first. Oh god. Okay. I find your looking through your dribble to be quite interesting because you start in twenty. 10 and you end Mm -hmm. in 2012 so you haven't posted anything in eight years Mm -hmm. and looking back it's very very clear to see that your designs were designed for the time like we have yeah a ton of skewmorphism bevels and shadows and highlights Mm -hmm. um i mean i don't think it's overdone it's it's how ios like six looked right or what this is 2010 this was ios three or four uh, yeah, uh, this, this would have been, been pretty early. Yeah, I was four. 
It was the first one that you could build stuff on, I think. But it's not it's not as far off as my early stuff was. Like my early stuff I had centered text everywhere. Here you at least know how to like fucking put lines of text on a row and like have <laughs> icon alignment. Uh-huh. So I'm curious, where were you learning from at this point in time? Like, what did you find inspiring? And even looking back, what parts of this do you think, oh, maybe that was not actually all that bad? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like, there's a subreddit, Brian, called ATBGE. Are you familiar with this? ATBGE. Hang on, I'm going to try and guess the acronym because I do not know it. Okay. All the greatest nope you already messed up it's a, it's a b then a g oh h-e-p-t <laughs> i don't know what is it it's awful taste but great execution and i feel like <laughs> that's how that's how i feel about this it's like okay. i i did a good job of executing a thing that i no longer feel is good taste but mm. um just because it's like so far in the skeuomorphic thing but like i think i was kind of doing it the right way ish yeah, when I look at this stuff, I, I think, okay, I know what I was thinking as far as like my spacing. I, I was using a five-point grid at the time, and I had absorbed the entirety of the Apple HIG and incorporated it into my being and knew all there was to know about patterns and spacing and why to use certain things. So like I think my fundamentals were okay. There's all but when I look at the UX of things, it's also is very reminiscent of Tapbots of the day, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Like Tapbots, they made like apps that felt like little robots in in your phone, like little machines that had layers of things, and and you felt like there was like mechanical gears happening behind the scenes. You know what I mean? That was the vibe that I was kind of going for. And so I got like paddle switches and shit. Yeah, with and they're like glowing and, and, and the glow is reflecting off other surfaces in the app. Yeah. Like bounce light and stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking about things like that, but it's just so overwrought. And some of the UX ideas are like, I was trying to show things with iconography when really I should have been using uh, text. So for example, in the settings, uh, this like continuous play thing is like not a clear term. I had to have like question marks next to everything. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the the icon that looks like the live icon, a dot with waves coming out from it, third from the left at the top uh-huh. here, that's the sound effects icon. I was trying to come up with an icon for sound effects so you could turn sound effects on and off. Like, no, I should just use the words sound effects and had the setup, but <laughs> but I wanted to have everything be on one screen. This was all designed for a specific device size. So as soon as bigger phones came out, this was not good anymore. <laughs> this didn't work anymore. Yeah, just in general, there's a lot of really overwrought thinking of like, how can I make this feel transitional? So when I tap on something, it depresses and shifts a new plane in front of it. And there's a shadow and there's all this choreography and timing and stuff, which is still all that stuff is important. It's just it was too much interaction design and not enough user experience design, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Well, as I scroll up, I want to figure out a little more about your sort of sources of inspiration because you mentioned that you'd absorbed the HIG. And as we zoom up, a lot of your stuff feels very Apple-y. Like you worked on a mail client in Mac OS mm-hmm. that looks like Apple-y and you spent some time doing iPhone mock-ups. But sorry, everyone, we'll have links. You should open these links. Uh, but you have this one shot here on Dribble of 
attaching mm, attachments mm-hmm. to an email mm-hmm. and the attach button is a paper clip hanging off the bottom corner uh-huh. and each attachment is like a little sticky note like sticking off the email uh-huh. uh, this all feels very apple skeuomorphic like 2005 or, or 2009 2010 do you think that if you had studied something else you would have come up with a different taste like how much do you think your taste has been driven by Apple interfaces here. Oh, early on? Yeah. 100, 100%. Yeah, like 100%. entirely driven by Apple. Yeah, yeah. Fanboy, 100%, Brian. Mm-hmm. 3,000%. But I'm actually kind of proud of that little that little attachment thing. Like, it's pretty clever. It's totally unusable and like it wouldn't scale at all. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. it looks nice and it was, you know, for the day, it was kind of like a cool idea, I thought. I, st- I still look back on it and I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that wasn't terrible. That's the thing about some of this stuff that I'm looking at. It's like none of it's absolutely terrible in the way that I think it's terrible when I think back on it. Uh-huh. Maybe I'm far enough away from it now that I can actually see the good in it, where when you're close enough, you only see the bad things. I don't know. But there's some good stuff in here. How do you feel about yours, Brian? Uh, I mean, I can just say, you know, from what I tweeted was the earliest just shit that I threw together in Photoshop and I truly had no idea what I was doing. And then if I zoom forward, so that was 2007. I started posting on Dribble in 2012. So I had five years of practice and, uh, you know, it's not great, but I can also echo what you're saying. Like, it's not good, but I can see what I was trying to go for. Like I'd started to get a little bit better with typography. I was horrible with contrast. Uh, I'm still horrible with contrast. Like I have some shots where you can barely read the text on it, but I'm like, "Mm, this thin light gray text. So, Mm -hmm. so sleek and simple, but yeah, I don't hate it. And then when we get into buffer, I don't know, like I, I spent a lot of time doing like more marketing style stuff for Buffer, like posting screenshots of job listings and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I don't feel as terrible about what's on Dribble as I do about <laughs> what I tweeted. Well, let's talk about what you tweeted then because okay, let's do it. I want to talk about this neon green uh, <laughs> abomination here. I, I want you to actually focus first on, notice that this screenshot is watermarked. I took yes. the time to watermark this so that nobody would steal it. <laughs> yep. And and what is that watermark, Brian? The watermark is Elite by Design, which is the name <laughs> of my first my first website. <laughs> Elite by Design, capital B. Yes, capital B. For that preposition. But yeah, uh the contrast is really bad, huh? Contrast is non-existent. Mm-hmm. I have like an about page with three paragraphs, all center aligned text. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even the one that's side by side with an image. How about this? I have a recent post section left aligned. I have an archive section center aligned. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yep, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, and different spacing between each item in each of those sections, along with on the other side, Oh, you do me the sweet, sweet favor of putting banner ads down the right side. <laughs> because obviously hey, people was, are going to want to advertise on this beautiful site. Yeah. If I remember correctly, I think what I was trying to do is create templates. And I was like, if I'm creating a template, other people will want to put ads on it. So other people would need to care about where that space fits in. Yeah. yeah. So the thinking is good. Well, <laughs> that, I think that was a thought. I don't know that the thinking was good. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so I, I want to ask you about this. So why highlighter green? What was the thought here? Dog. 
<laughs> there is no there is no rational reason behind this. Okay. This is actually, you know what? We should circle this around to a future episode about developing taste because it's so clear here that there's there's no signal the person who made this has any taste. Like I don't find a redeeming quality of any interface element here. So I'm wondering where along the way I shifted because I do think that I have okay taste now mm-hmm. so at some point between 20 2007 and now that happened well here's the thing here's the question did you think this was good when you made it oh i don't know probably because <laughs> that's that's where the taste comes in right like if you looked at this and said oh god this is dog shit but it's the best i can do right now then that's like okay you have good taste eh. but if you looked at this at the time and thought i am fucking killing it this is perfect, exactly how I had imagined it, made yeah, corporeal yeah. in front of me, then that's bad. Um, I, reality is somewhere in the middle. I don't think I was that full of myself, but I certainly was probably like, yeah, I'm, I'm a web designer. I, I know what, what's up. Look, I like put pixels together in a way that loosely resembles a website. Therefore, I am a web designer. Mm-hmm, I think that was probably the path there. <laughs> and this is, this is an image, right? This isn't actually code. No, this isn't a screenshot. It's I did this in Photoshop. Yeah. So I think you get better when we get to a giant blog name subtext. I think this is a slight improvement, right? Glossy header, right? Oh, you, get, yeah. you get that mm-hmm. nice gleam on there. Oh, I can tell it's round. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> but your spacing has improved. You're still hung up on the whole center alignment of, of body text. I'm not sure <laughs> where that comes from. but I don't know. But your alignment is a little bit better. Your general spacing between items is a little bit better, even though it seems inconsistent somehow. Like Between the second and third lines of all of your most popular posts, things at the top see this is all pre eight point grid i was just i was just designing on the one point grid at that point i'm on a one point like anything oh goes God. if it's <laughs> if it great. exists on the screen it's on the grid yeah uh <laughs> yeah and then i think the last one yeah the last one's better uh, i mean it's bad but it's better the interesting thing is when i looked at this i was like oh okay this is a big jump here but then the closer i looked the more i realized <laughs> that like oh no there's a lot of the same problems right but like, like even the most obvious thing like the inability for me to center text within a bounding box there you go is painful yeah it's like fucking painful <laughs> and it's different on every row see i blame photoshop this had nothing to do with my skill this is all photoshop uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's like you and even the rows are different heights, like that last row on the bottom. Like yeah. you'd have to do special things to mess that up. Like you'd have to do work to do that <laughs> wrong. You know, uh, Marshall. But Marshall, you've Marshall. still kept your ad space important. You know what I take away from this is I pushed ahead. I fought the good fight. I did enough reps that this got better uh, at some point along the way. Yeah, there's a market improvement. There's there's still problems, but uh-huh. yeah, there's alignment issues. Like that sign up for our newsletter section is just all sorts of wrong mm-hmm. for many reasons that we could elaborate uh-huh. on, I guess, as, but as far as alignment and everything goes. <laughs> just like look at the login form. Like the button is right aligned to the end of the form input. Uh-huh. Nailed it. And then look at the sign up for our newsletter. The button is just mid aligned to the input. Well, it's aligned with the login button, but then your inputs aren't the same. Don't go all the way to the end. Yeah, yeah. They should have been full width, right? I want to cry. Yeah. But, you know, you're, it's a much more striking color combination. Like you chose blue and orange. Okay, those go good together, right? Mm-hmm. Did you make the logo as well? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think I think this was a, like a 99designs problem. Gotcha. The iconography, where'd you get these icons from, Brian? 
the the phone and the email in the top right? Where'd you get those from? That looks like clip art. You know what I think that was probably from? I used to be obsessed with those like little pixel icons. Uh-huh. Um, do you remember like cPanel? Yeah. Like if you had a PHP website, like if you ever used WordPress, you would have cPanel. Yeah, yeah. And cPanel is where you could go and like look at your stats and like fuck, like mess with your HT access files and stuff. I think I might have ripped those icons from <laughs> something like that, or or I just found a pixel pixel icon set. I can't remember, mm. but I do remember liking that visual style because it had a little depth to it. Uh-huh. It's like pixel art. It was nice. Yeah. Well, here's here's where I want to end because we're we're talking about visual stuff. I'm I'm sure maybe not everyone's able to look at the same time, but what I would love to see is more people uh, tweet at us this week. You know, we need a little bit of levity during this quarantine, so send <laughs> us some of your earlier work. It could be on Dribble um, or just send us some screenshots. We would love to see your earliest worst stuff. Do not be embarrassed. I've already shared the most embarrassing thing possible. Share um, your shame with us, please. We've shared yes. our shame with you, Brian, more than me, because mine doesn't go all the way back. I don't really, I think I've burned most of my oldest yeah, stuff, yeah. but show us your shame, please. Show us your shame. Tweet at us. We would love to see it, and we'll be uh, resharing periodically throughout the week. And maybe include what you see wrong with it now. Like, what are the most egregious errors? Okay, let's wrap, Marshall. Let's do some cool things and get you to Westworld. Yeah, it's Westworld time. Uh, I'll go first this week. Okay, so it's kind of a lame thing, but it's a real world thing and something that I've, I've found utility in recently. So you're familiar with Philips Hue lights? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They Yeah, they make a bunch of bulbs and people know them for the bulbs, but they also make light strips. And you can connect the light strips in a daisy chain kind of a thing. So they can be much longer than the standard three or six feet that they come in. So what I've done is I've I've incorporated it into my smart home situation. And now I have lights all around my bed. So like behind the headboard against the wall, I have light strips there. So it's like a really nice diffuse indirect light at night. So those turn on automatically at at, uh, sunset. And recently I added two motion sensors and light strips around the the foot of the bed or like the whole base near the floor so that when I get up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom or something, the motion sensor will turn on at like 5% or whatever, turn the lights on real low. Uh So I don't step on the dog or, you know, trip over something. That's nice. It's been really nice. Yeah. And I include that. So at night, the, the foot of the bed also lights up and they're not incredibly expensive, especially if you're going to extend them, but you can get all sorts of colors and everything. I mostly use a nice kind of amberish, you know, warm light, but you can, you can go all sorts of crazy. It's, but it's a really nice in the evening. It's a cool vibe. Mm -hmm. And at night it's, it's a good utility to, to not trip over the dock. I mean, that's the sweet spot, right? Yeah. Form and function at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. So that's my cool thing, real short and sweet. And that works out of the box. Just order the Hue light strips and it plugs into the app with all the other scenes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it even incorporates into HomeKit if you use Apple and Google Home works if you have Android. But the, the motion sensing stuff, you'd have to have more work to get that to work. Cool. All right, my cool thing this week is a television show, which I basically feel like I'm stealing from you because uh-huh. this, this should be your cool thing. Yeah, I'm surprised fine. it hasn't been your cool thing. You can have it. If you have not heard of a rapper by the name of Will Dickey, this might not mean as much, but there's LD. LD. There's a show on Hulu called Dave, which is, how would I describe this? It's like, it's like real life. It is about Dave, who is Lil Dicky the rapper. 
Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, there's a way shorter way to say this. Okay. It's curb your enthusiasm with a young Larry David. Okay. Basically. If Larry David was a young rapper <laughs> and he made curb your enthusiasm, that's the show. Is that fair? Sure. So it's one of those things where it's like it's helpful to know about the person and the context and where they're coming from. But otherwise, it's it's still funny and enjoyable, even if you don't. Like, I don't know everything about Lil Dicky. Certainly, you know more a lot more than I do. But I'm familiar with his music. I like some of his songs. But I can still enjoy the show. And, like, if you hadn't heard any of his music, you could get caught up well enough within the first episode, right? Like, it, mm-hmm. it lays the scene. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the same with Curb. Like, you can enjoy it without knowing what Larry David did. And you'll pick up over time, like, oh, yeah, he, he worked on Seinfeld. Got it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Dave is funny. And I've been enjoying it. I'm up to episode six. I don't know how far it goes. But uh, well, anyways, so if you've heard of Lil Dicky or seen those his videos on YouTube, you might enjoy the show. So that's on Hulu. He's he's very smart and actually a really good rapper, but also very funny. And um, yeah. cool. Cool thing. And hopefully cool episode. Let us know what you thought. We're on Twitter at Design Details FM. Please share your shame with us this week. We want to... Have some good follow-up fodder for next week. I want to see some bad design, please. <laughs> yeah, hit us, please. Uh, if you've been enjoying the show, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash design details. Otherwise, if you have questions for us, open an issue on our GitHub. Links to all of this in the show notes. Otherwise, hit up spec.fm for more podcasts for designers and developers. Otherwise, talk to us on Twitter. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Otherwise, bye. You said otherwise a lot. Uh, so huge shout out. Thank you to, I'm going to mess it up. It is Gediminas Solace. <laughs> uh, were you even trying? Yes. You put the emphasis on really weird syllables. Okay, you should do it. Uh, I would say this is Gediminas Solace. Okay. Gediminas? Gediminas? <laughs> <laughs> Gediminas? Uh,